Welcome to Grounded in the Middle, where stories of taking root in the small moments are shared from experiences living in the country and restoring our 185-year-old farmhouse. I am so glad you're meeting me here today in the middle. Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Grounded in the Middle. I'm your host, Danielle Falk. I am sitting out on one of our patios today under our walnut tree and the sun is up and it's really funny now that I'm um, letting our birds go free range, they come out and they see us. It's like having puppies. They all come running at you. And so I currently have four that are around me and I have one that is just sweeter than sweet. She is one of our adopted Um, hens and she came up and fell asleep next to me so she is curled up at the base of the chair and she is just cozy so it's kind of funny because I've not recorded a podcast with a chicken at my feet maybe a dog but (laughs) our our dog Riggs but not a chicken so it's it's a hoot so you might hear a lot of chicken noise if they come over here or the dog barking but um, he is not fond of them getting to free range so he has lots to say about it. I'm trying to think, um, what's new around here? Well, our garden is booming. It's flourished so much in the past couple weeks. We had some really good rain this past week, and it, of course, just did wonders for the garden. We do water our garden, but getting, you know, like a couple days of a really good soak and then just those nice warm temperatures, you can't, you can't beat it. So um, it's still in good good standing I guess you could say all the weeds have been tamed obviously you can't get everyone and the perfectionist in me has learned that that's okay as uh, there's some weeds that are just going to be there and you get them next time uh, but it's it's really quite pleasing and I went up last night at the end of the day it had just been a really busy day and my daughter had wanted to declutter her room which I absolutely appreciate because sometimes you just have to do it and it just took it out of me but I went up to the big barn and I perched myself up there on this concrete pad that we have and I just stared out at the garden and it was just it was pleasing and it's so pleasing because it has just been an issue as I've shared in the past you know of getting wild and wooly and me not taking the time and effort to keep up with it and then getting really frustrated with it so I can go up there and it just it it, all the hard work is just it's paid off and and there's nothing better than being proud of something you've worked hard for and I think that is something that we oftentimes try to instill and teach our kiddos and it's just as important for us as adults to engage in something we enjoy, but also may require a little bit of work and all around it just benefits us. And so the garden has just been a highlight of my summer. So I mentioned at the beginning of the summer too, that I was going to be focusing on being intentional. And I have to say that that is one thing that I have been successful with this summer. And I made, I have made sure that when it comes time to doing work, such as like working on the podcast or updating my website, that I don't feel bad about doing it, that I don't, I don't let the kiddos, 
you know, interrupt me for little things that they can take care of and just claiming that time to work hard and not feel guilty. And then when I'm finished, then, you know, I'm all theirs. And so I'm not busy thinking about work or how I didn't get something done. So it really has paid off. It has been uh, a wonderful, a wonderful adjustment. Oh, my hen has now got up and now she's like a cat. She's brushed up against my leg and she's it looks like going to sit oh oh no she's pecking at my flip-flop well that's interesting <laughs> so anyways this could get interesting hi sweetheart I think she is demanding attention right now she does not have a name so I think this one is going to need a name anywho um so the garden uh, it's starting to produce and that means sorry I know I'm jumping around a little bit but our farm stand is gonna be opening up as soon as things start producing. And I'm really excited about the, the watermelon and the pumpkins. I just planted an entire row of pumpkins and they'll be white and green and orange, all the pretty colors. And so I'm excited to be able to, you know, add those into our home, you know, for our fall decor, which I don't wanna talk about fall yet because I'm not there. I'm still enjoying summer. Some people on Instagram have already started posting things for fall and I'm just, it's too early. Um, but I'm really excited to have those to offer to our family and to our community um, and get those out at the farm stand. So I'm actually thinking about toying around with the idea. Our sweet and good, good friend had mentioned opening up part of our, um, our land, preparing an area where people from town could come out and have their garden. And um, it was something that I had kind of thought about for a second, but thought, mm, no, but when she mentioned it to me, it was like, maybe I should, maybe I should take this as a sign as something to really consider. So I looked up on Yard Yum. I don't know if you are in the position of wanting to go rent, um, a plot where you can plant your vegetables, but there is this uh, website called Yard Yum that you can visit and it'll show you where, um, there are gardens that are around that you could rent and plant. So that may be something that is of interest to you. So today I want to get back to something I didn't get to talk about last week. And that is all the treasures I found around here. Getting into um, the dirt and finding things or finding things around the house or in the barns. Um, you know, I when we moved out here, it it was more or less to fix up the house. I, ne I never had these ideas about, you know, finding history or, oh, we might find things out here from a long time ago. It was, that was never the intent. It was more or less, I knew we were on a mission to get out here. I always say to my husband, it's like the Blues Brothers, we're on a mission from God. Um, but that's how I honestly feel. And so I, I was, my husband was so sweet the other, what, two Christmases ago, I think, he got me a metal detector and he got me one because I had had someone come out and do kind of like scouted around and we spent the afternoon finding all these great treasures and it really inspired me and of course out of my curiosity I you know would like the ability to do that on my own only because I'm curious um, I'm obviously probably not the best at it uh, but but eventually I might I might find some good stuff uh, but I had uh, Levi come out and we went around the yard and 
he ended up finding this really neat pendant in the front yard and it was off of a necklace. And wouldn't you know, through my detective work, I went through all the pictures that the Weir family has given me and I found a photo of one of the Weir ladies wearing the necklace in the picture. And so I have that on display in the house because I just think that is the coolest thing. I just think that jewelry is something very personal and it just kind of makes me wonder, you know, was it a gift? Was it something that was chosen, you know, by her? Was it something that was borrowed? And then of course I wonder like, goodness, I wonder how it ever ended up in the front yard. You know, did the chain break? Because the chain wasn't found with it, it was just the pendant. Um, but it was a really neat find. And I don't think, I've tried to find it, but um, online to see, you know, where they were made or where it came from but it doesn't seem that it has much value. But to me, I think it's super neat to find something that was so very personal to someone and to wear for, you know, a formal picture. Another thing that we found when Levi was out and that I've continued to find out here are toys. And with having our kiddos out here, I can see how toys get into the ground. And when we found this toy truck, that um, it's a metal truck and it, it's from the 30s, the 1930s, I want to say. It sits in our living room on the shelf. But I, I wondered how that toy truck got there originally. But now that our kids have been out playing in the yard and they leave their Legos and they leave, um, you know, this, that, and the other, things just get buried. It gets pushed down under the, you know, the tire of the mower and therefore it's committed to the ground. So I'm sure when when we leave or we're not here or 50 or 100 years from now, there's going to be a lot of interesting plastic toys um, that, that are found by someone else. So the truck was really neat. And then the back of the house, we were working at the basement and we were taking out all these layers and layers of shingles that were built up on, just on the ground. And wouldn't you know, Landon found this, what looked like rubber, but it's metal. Um, like a piece and it's off of a tractor toy and it is the it's really the coolest thing I believe it's a farm mall tractor and it was um, the factory I think was in Auburn Indiana so I keep looking when I go to antique stores for an like a whole tractor and then that way I could have it in the house and then have you know the remnants that we have found but I have also found tires and I found a tire around the same area as the tractor was found. But then just, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago when I was cleaning up the front beds again, because there's so many weeds this year, it seems like, even after spraying, I found another tire. And it I, I am almost certain that it is the exact same tire that would go at the front of this tractor. And so I have put all three pieces together in a shadow box where I keep all of our treasures. Now in the same area where we found the tractor, the tractor piece, we also found a ring and it, it's not like a fancy ring. It was, I don't know, maybe sterling silver or something. Um, but it was really fun to find a ring and then also found part of a pocket knife. And at the time I had done a ton of research trying to figure out where this pocket knife could have came from, but I couldn't tell you now um, what I had found. I just know that it was old, probably 1900s. But again, something really neat to find, 
you know, that you would pick out or it was a gift and keep in your pocket something again, that's, that's very personal. In that same area, we have found dog tags. We have found, um, shards of, um, glass and pottery and brick, brick, no surprise since, you know, with building the house, but this area that we find all of the pieces of broken dishes and cups, those types of things, it's outside the dining room. And it is said that oftentimes you'd throw out the window or throw out the door things that were broken. They didn't have trash service. And so you would just literally toss it out the, out the window. And I must say that someone had a really good arm if that is the case, because it would make it down the hill <laughs> outside there under the maple tree that we have. And so if there is ever a time that I want to go out and kind of get like an easy fine, I always go out that dining room, you know, side of the house and I can just kind of scout around. And especially after winter has come and things start to thaw because everything that's down below starts to push up and you can find all these beautiful pieces. And what's neat about it is I was able to create a jar, a ball jar full of all these shards. And it looks beautiful, of course. But what is really cool is you can see the patterns. If you search uh, for them, I can see kind of like their style and what they liked. And so I have learned that the Weir family at some point in time had blue flow dishes. And I've seen them in the antique stores. And when I have extra money to spare and a place to display some flow, I am going to get some, even if it's just like one place setting or one piece. But it's really neat to kind of have the peek in the past into what they picked out or what they had because it's absolutely gorgeous, the little shards that we find. Another thing that um, I have found in that same area is an insulator, and it was from uh, the electric when they were put in, their glass insulators. And there is a date on it, I believe, that is 1893. And so it's neat to, it's really neat when you look at the glass and how things were printed. The quality is just amazing, even on something, um, you know, as insignificant as that. But the quality is just so cool. And the glass is just, it's different than glass today. Uh, so that's kind of something else that I found there. But talking about not having a garbage garbage collection there were kitchen middens and more or less it's just your garbage dump it's just like this heap and so out back beyond our pond the pond is not original it used to just be locusts and water that would run through and then the spring house was back there but now if you go out past the pond and into the woods to the back of the property I found one winter the kitchen mitten or one of them I guess you could say because I'm sure there's more than one and I didn't have a metal detector at that time but I found sticking out of the dirt uh, a Nivea bottle and it's a glass bottle that um, cream would have been in and it's neat because it's um, I looked up Nivea and their bottles from back then and so it was from the mid 1900s it wasn't anything that's like super old because a lot of people like to collect those medicine jars and that would have just had like a cork that you stick in I believe that those are worth a little bit of money but I haven't found anything like that but the Nivea bottle it's just it's neat it's it's kind of retro which is up my alley but 
I haven't had a chance to go out and dig again, like really dig, because I believe that one's going to need a shovel <laughs> um, to get through. But it's really neat to find old jars and glasses and such. And kind of, it's interesting to see what they use. But it's also funny too, like you forget how, you know, lotions used to be in glass bottles or peanut butter used to be, you know, in glass jars. And even like the other day, we were at an antique store during uh, 4th of July weekend and band-aids um it obviously not that old but you know it was in a metal tin and i'm like oh yeah that's right they used to be in metal tins and now it's you know it's just boxes and my kids tear them apart <laughs> which makes me then need to go buy a, a metal tin or something to keep them in um but that's kind of an area that i'd like to explore a little bit more to see what treasures are in the in the heap out back Another cool thing that I did find up by the house, though, was a metal plate. It's all smashed down. It doesn't have its shape, but of course I kept it because I think it's kind of neat. Um, but I also found there was a blacksmith shop here on the property. And so, of course, with building the house and all, it's not surprising to find a lot of the iron nails. But we find a lot of iron thing, other iron things, too. Like, uh, we have found, like, a fence support. Uh, I have found the iron the iron files. I found a couple of them actually. I found one out in the cemetery area and then I found another one up by the house. I don't know how old those are but they seem really old but I, I don't know how you would tell with a metal file. They're pretty simple to begin with so um, but speaking of the cemetery that's kind of another area of the property where I've gone out and explored and I've go out to look for coins and such that really um, <laughs> I go out to look for coins because when Levi was here and he scouted around he found in our front yard a coin from 1899 and it's a v-nickel and so I was just really excited about that and it's neat to think you know again like that was in someone's pocket and you know they must have had a hole in their pocket and i've learned uh recently that that was very much a thing back in the day of pockets getting holes in them and so what people would do is they would actually wrap up their money and their coins in like cloth or something and then stick it into their pocket so they wouldn't fall out but anyways levi says that if you check around you know driveways or you know what's now like sidewalks, but kind of close up to the house where people were kind of in and out. That's where you find treasures. So anyways, back to the cemetery. So the cemetery, obviously out of respect, I'm not doing any deep, uh, you know, digging. That's not the intent. Um, but I did find this year a name and I was really surprised by this. It's about two inches deep. And you have to understand the cemetery area here at the house it doesn't have headstones anymore. The headstones were moved. And the story behind all of this is there are cemetery records for the state of Ohio and the Weir family cemetery shows up until the 1960s as being present. And the earliest burial was in 1815, which I believe was Henry Schillings who had passed away at the blacksmith shop. And when the house sold out of the Weir family, later just a few years later after the the assessment of the cemetery the next time they did the assessment the cemetery is listed as just being gone and so what i believe happened was a couple inches of dirt were kind of brought in and 
kind of just brushed over the top of maybe any of those stones that are at the bottom, uh, like that you would set maybe the headstone on. And I say this because when I've gone over there, I have found four spots where there are kind of large rocks, flat rocks, and they're about two inches deep and they're all in a row. And so I am guessing that maybe, you know, it, it is, it's about two inches of dirt was just maybe brushed over top, seeded, um, and then the house was sold. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it just happened over time. But the cemetery is definitely still there. And so again, out of respect, I don't do any deep digging. That's not the point of it. But I went over there and I got a really good hit and I on my metal detector. And wouldn't you know, I find this piece of like 10 and there are all these old nails, iron nails. And it lines, you know, the left side, the right side and the top, probably about six of them. And it is punched 10 and the name is Sam. And so I started to think, Sam, one, this is right up top. It's only like two inches deep that I found it. And I don't know if this is something that has worked its way up in the soil, but back in the 1800s, the only Sam that I could find was a boy and he was one years old when he passed away. And this is in the 1850s. I want to say, because I don't have it right in front of me, I want to say it was 1855 to 1856 that he was alive and his name was Samuel. And so knowing that John and Sarah were buried there, John, I think was buried in 1853. And then Sarah had passed, I think in 1856. So it would make sense that maybe this child would be brought back to the homestead and buried. I don't know. It says that he um, resides with his family that's at the cemetery just across the way here, um, Harmony Cemetery. But I kind of find it interesting that in the cemetery area, there's this punched 10 with all these old nails. And so it leads me to believe that it is likely from Sam. And so I cleaned up the plate because it was kind of like rusted over and Aaron kind of helped me with that. And I have uh, set it into um, a mold and I'm going to go put Sam's name back where I found it. And actually we'll be able to see his name now and he won't be forgotten. So that's one thing that I found in the cemetery that I thought um, was really neat, but I also find nails over there that kind of seem to pop up in the area. Other things that I have found, I have uh, found some things in our attic. I went up there. We have all this loose blown insulation. It's really dirty, and I wear a mask because, like, I wear like one of the really good masks <laughs> that you use when you're doing uh, construction, but. Anyways, I went up there and I was kind of sifting through because I can't help but be curious as to what could be under the blown insulation. And my curiosity had kind of gotten started from hearing from a gal who used to play here at the homestead. She said that in the attic, there used to be a box of all the newspaper clippings about the family and about the house. And so the box isn't there anymore. It's gone. And unfortunately, it is such a bummer. But I wondered if there was anything else that could have like fallen out or be found up there. And so one of the very first things that I did find was part of a harness off of a horse and I cleaned it up. 
it's only like a two foot section. Um, but I have it hanging on the uh, kind of propped up on the edge of a chair in our living room right now. So that's really cool. I also found a map from the early 1900s and I had posted on Instagram when I found the map. It's a pretty good section of it, uh, a world map. And one of my Instagram followers had said that it was from kind of like the early 1900s. I can't remember exactly when it was from, but they were obviously very good with their map skills, which I am not because there were things not on it that would have been on it and they could date it. So I think it was maybe like the 1930s or so. Um, so that was a really cool find up there too. I also found a lot of bricks. Um, on some of the joists up there, which is kind of interesting, but it's also good to know in case we ever need any extra bricks is that there's some bricks up there. Um, but other things that we have found in addition to those up in the barn, I found a, sorry, it's a bit windy today. It's beautiful. I found an old window from the house. It was missing all of its wavy glass, but I went ahead and cleaned it up and brought it in. Uh, to the homestead because it only has one of its original windows that's downstairs and it's absolutely beautiful but um, it is nice to know exactly what was here so I'll take it even if you know it's not usable and I found an old door with hardware and I don't know if maybe it was off of the smokehouse or maybe the spring house but I have not found a home for it yet I'm thinking about maybe trying to repurpose it in the house if there is an area where um, we could use it as a door or maybe, I don't know, a future she shed, Erin, if you're listening, uh, we could build it and save it, you know, um, uh, use it for like a front door or something or on a greenhouse. I don't know. It'd be kind of neat to use it for that, but we'll find a way to repurpose it. And another thing I found inside the barn was a yoke and it was just kind of like stuck between uh, some framing that's along the inside of the wall of the barn, but there is this old yoke that was just left there. And what baffles me is it's 2000, let's say we moved in 2018. So 2018 and you know, the Weirs moved out in the 1960s. You know, these other families have been here and lived here. And I'm just kind of surprised that either they didn't care that it was there and it was like, oh, it's just junk. Um, but I'm surprised that it wasn't spotted or I don't know, used or taken. I, I'm just kind of surprised by that. Oh, I have another hen that has come to see me. She is a buff and she is beautiful. She is considered the golden retriever of hens, I guess you could say. They're very friendly and they are the color of golden retrievers. Um, oh, I scared her off. Okay, so um, those are kind of like my barn finds. And then we found some horseshoes and such out in the driveway. We, when we moved in, the driveway was an absolute mud hole. And so when it got kind of scraped and gravel moved around and such, we have found a handful of really neat horseshoes too um, that look pretty old. But those are kind of, I think that's the majority of kind of my finds. I feel like I've went top to bottom when it comes to um, the house of things that we have found. I did find a carnival stick. Um, that was left behind. No idea. And it's super simple, but it was just tucked in behind some pipe. And um, wouldn't you know, my twins got a hold of it and somehow it got broken. Um, but that was a few years ago. The only other place that I didn't talk about finding things is out in our garden with it getting tilled up a whole lot. I was, uh, gosh, probably at the end of June, I was just out there cleaning out weeds and in between some of the onions, 
there's a, a, a handle, an iron handle that was out there that I found. So uh, that was kind of neat. And then we find a lot of like tractor bolts and kind of like equipment, you know, bits and pieces. But I think that's kind of all of the treasures. Yeah, I mean, most of them. There's other smaller things like marbles and such that we have found that are super cool. Um, but I think that's kind of all that I have to share when it comes to my treasures. But I'm going to continue to search and find. The best time to do it is after it has rained. I've learned from my friends that metal detect around here. And it's also great to do it during the winter and right before, you know, while things aren't green and wild and wooly because nobody wants to search when it's wild and wooly. I really hope that you will find a way to be intentional with your time. We still have plenty of time left in the summer, but also just in general um, and taking time to do things that you love. And, you know, if it's a hobby like mine, um, you know, engaging in it and enjoying it while you get to do it. And then, you know, getting back to work, um, kind of, I don't know, is, isn't so bad when you've taken time for yourself. We got to make sure that we fill up all those other areas where, you know, we need to make sure that we feed so that we can continue to thrive because the work that we do never goes away and um, it's important to find that balance. So um, if you are a metal detector, I'd love for you to comment or message me. Let me know uh, what you find out there because I find that metal detecting is quite the sport, if you could say. Good morning, Parker. He's out here adjusting the umbrella for me if you hear that clicking. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you will join me next week out here in the middle. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you will rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and share with those you know. If you'd like to see more of what life is like in the middle, you can find me on Instagram at Farmhouse Storyteller or head to my website, farmhousestoryteller.com. And remember, while the middle is not always the most comfortable place to linger in, it can sometimes create the most memorable pivot in life, the pivot that had to happen for everything else to fall in place. I'll see you next time.